You're listening to the Fit Mind, Fit Body podcast, where we explore the connection between exercise and positive mental health. And our big mission is to help 10,000 women develop fitter minds and bodies in the next two years. I'm your host, Michelle Frost. Let's get moving. Welcome to episode number 17 of the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. Today we talk to my running coach, Marlise Court. She will share a little bit of her running journey, including what it's like to run on a Caribbean island. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. Today I am so excited to introduce to you one of my coaches. One of my running coaches. This is Marley's Court. She is not just around the corner, as we were just talking about, but um, many miles away. And I will get her to introduce herself and uh, tell us a bit more about herself. So, welcome, Marley's, and thank you so much for being here. This is awesome. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs> yes, I'm uh, happy to have you in uh, that I am in your podcast. Uh, it's an honor. Um, yeah, I'm Marlies Kort. I um, live in the Netherlands, so that's on the other side of the world than uh, where Michelle lives. <laughs> exactly. Maybe the most um, far, far that you can can uh, far that you can imagine. I if I dig a hole from here, I, I think I will end up on your side. I think you're right. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome. I think you actually are also the first person from overseas. I have had some people not in Tasmania, but other parts of Australia, but. You're the first person from overseas. So not Hello. only are you from overseas, but you're also um, a running coach of mine for this year, which has been amazing. Um, yeah. Thoroughly enjoying it. So thank you. But yeah, that's, thank you. that isn't what we're here to talk about. We are here to talk about running, but not so much about my experience with you at the moment. We'll maybe come to that at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, what I wanted to start with is tell us a little bit about you. So we know you live in the Netherlands and obviously you're into running because you coach running. That's one of the things you do, but what else, how can you fill in What's a bit of your background? Tell us a little bit about Marlies. Um, well, apparently I'm now uh, 48 years old and I think I started running about uh, 30 years ago. So I was around uh, at the end of high school um, and I figured out actually to go to, uh, in the year that I was in America, uh, to do another hi- year of high school. I lived in Denver for one year. And um, my main sport at that time was tennis. I played a lot of tennis. And then uh, because we warmed up on the athletic track close yeah. to the school, on the high school, I really liked it so much. I, I started to like it better than, uh, than tennis itself. So then I started with a more serious running because it went so easy and um, I liked it. Mm-hmm. So I bought my first uh, running shoes there. Oh, and wow. That's actually where I started uh, with running. And then uh, when I got back in the Netherlands, uh, because I live in the Netherlands, mm-hmm. I started my study there and um, just continued my running all by myself and um, extended the miles yeah. or kilometers, yeah. what you want to hear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we use, but it's okay. <laughs> yes. And then um, some couple of years later, there were some races around and I uh, wanted to sign up. And mm-hmm. so uh, I did two races uh, uh, and um, one race I was behind the Dutch national champion uh, of marathon running 
and I didn't know her because I was I was not totally not familiar with the running scene here in this country. And the second one, I broke uh, records that were there for a long time ago, for 27 years or something. And people told me that, wow, you broke the record. And so after that, actually, the, the, um, there were two persons who um, hit my shoulder and uh, tapped me on my shoulder and said, um, well, who are you and what are you doing here? And how did you... How did you get this far into in running? And uh, and I said, well, I did it by myself because I like it so much. Wow. And from then, uh, uh, I had a coach and a trainer. And uh, how old were you then? How old were you when you were doing those races? I was about 20, 24, 23, 24 years mm-hmm. old. So were you still, still at uni then? Or had you finished what you were studying? Uh, I was finished, yeah. I started uh, my, my first job. Uh, mm-hmm. And I like the combination because with running, you have a lot of freedom and uh, you don't need anybody else. Mm-hmm. So I always had my running shoes with me and I lived on different places. I worked on different places so that it, running was the easiest w- thing to do for me. And I liked it so much. So, uh, what was your work? What, what uh, did you study? Yeah, at that time I studied uh, management uh, to start your own little business, yeah. a small business. And I um, started to work with somebody else. We worked together mm-hmm. into endurance energy. So wind and sun and biomassa and stuff like that. So oh, wow. endurance, uh, yeah, yeah. It's so funny that I started there. Yeah. That's really cool. <laughs> Something totally different, but I kind of liked it. And I worked there for a couple of years. And at the same time, I did my uh, my running. Yeah. And, um yeah, and soon after that, after that job, I actually uh, came more into the real estate development, uh, and then from there I met my uh, my previous husband, and he is a sports guy too, and he understood pretty well why I was running and why I wanted that so well. And then with the races, uh, I met my first coach and trainer, and soon after that I uh, was at the starting line in the international championships. Wow. Yeah, I was really like, <laughs> my career went so fast. Because often yeah. people people get sort of discovered, or at least this is the image you have, we have, of getting discovered when you're young, you know, you go through the high school. And then I guess you saw a little bit in America where they have the kind of college, you know, people get scholarships because of their sporting achievements and things, don't they? And then, you know, get, and I guess, supported all the way through until they get to whatever level they get to. Yeah, um, yeah. 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 Right. Appear to have just come out of the blue to many of them already. Yeah, kind of. But the the people that I lived with in the USA mm-hmm. that that particular year to do to uh, do my high school year, as just by experience, and um, uh, I remember he was an athletic. Uh, he had an athletic uh, scholarship in the past when he was young, and he told me that I was pretty much talented and. Uh, later on, when we still kept contact, he said, well, you could have had a scholarship in the past when you would have been here in your younger years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? That but, is really cool. Yeah. <laughs> and so you kept, you, you've obviously run ever since then. You haven't stopped. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So you went on and you, you just were saying that you were running in the national championships. Yes. In your mid-20s or so? Yes. And so what yeah. dist- what distances were you running at that time? 
Um, the, uh, I don't know if you know that kind, but the cross country, I like mm -hmm. that much. It's off-road. It's more like trail running. Um, I like that a lot. And I did the longer distance there. They had shorter and longer distance in nationals. So that was close to, let, let's say, seven or eight kilometers mm -hmm. races. But from there, that was in winter time. But mm -hmm. I also ran on the track. Mm -hmm. So that were the 1,500 meters, 3,000 meters, 5,000 meters. I competed in these distances. But I didn't like the track that much. Mm -hmm. From there, I really w wanted to already run longer distances. So mm -hmm. from then, I, I asked my coach not to um, sign me up for track uh, races anymore, but more for like 10 kilometers mm -hmm. and you call it English miles. So 60, mm -hmm. 16 kilometers and half marathons. Okay. And um, so I did pretty well on these distances. Um, I became came in like third or second on the half marathon distance awesome. in the Netherlands yeah and then from there I was ready for the next step so around my I was like 30 years old mm -hmm. I ran my first marathon because that's really what I I really was ready to to run a marathon to do something different than the the for me shorter distances yeah and I came in there with the nationals I think it was third or something yeah Awesome. Yeah. And then uh, with the cross country, it came in second of the country. So, yeah. <laughs> so he, here in Australia, we have cross country, but it, it is, um, that's what you do at school. So at school, they have, they have, um, you know, your normal athletics around a, a um, track. And then yeah. the other half of the year, say six months earlier or after you have cross country. So, and yeah. that's, yeah, usually, um, yeah. as you said, more trail type of running. Um, yeah, but even right. through paddocks, though, and where I grew up, we even climbed fences in our cross country. It was <laughs> truly cross country. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But during winter times, good to work on your strength. So mm -hmm. that was the reason uh, we actually um, signed up for all these uh, cross country races mm -hmm. because then you have the benefits for on your pace uh, in the summertime on the track. Wow, and so in the longer. After that, um, I know that you ended up getting into triathlon a little bit as well. Oh, was yeah. In, was that in your 30s as well? Is that when you sort of... Um, well, I became mother of two when I was 33. So mother of two yeah. and when you were 33. So that would mean you didn't have them at the start of 33 and at the end of 33, did you? You had them at the very <laughs> same been. time? <laughs> Yeah, I have twin daughters. So when I became mom on thirty, when I was the age of thirty-three, wow. Um, and uh, by that time, I changed my profession. I studied uh, interior architecture. Wow. So I actually in the in the car when we were driving towards a race, I was studying. I remember oh. I tried to combine my study and uh, and running in national uh, level. Yeah. So even with the pressure of the running in the national level. Yeah. Uh, as on top of studying and being a new mom. Later on, a mom. Yeah. Oh, so wow. there were busy times. Mm, very busy. <laughs> yeah. So having my own business and being mom of two, um, I decided not to compete on that higher level in the Netherlands anymore because it was too much. Mm. 
Mm. Um, they offered me actually the different coaches um, to become uh, an in the national team. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then you, yeah, you live uh, from from being in the in the national team. So financially, you are yeah, are, yeah covered. But being a mom, having my own business, I was, I decided not to. Yeah, and I still ran because I liked it so much. It mm-hmm. had, had nothing to do with uh, being part of the the nationals, the best. I, yeah. That was not what I was after. I just liked it. I still do. Mm-hmm. And so I said, well, I leave it. And um, I just keep on training and having fun and doing races. Yeah. But I also yeah. like to be a mom and having my own business. Yeah. Being an adult. So that, what, that was uh, like when I was 33, 34. And then, uh, well, you everybody knows the crisis in the world started. Financial. Uh, financial crisis and um and from that time it was hard to um uh, have the amount of work to keep my business running mm-hmm. and the same was for my husband mm-hmm. and uh well things didn't go that well by that time and after two years we decided to uh, to 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 change the route mm-hmm. and for that we flew to um curacao it's a dutch colony uh, so it's a little island in the Caribbean where we actually met. <laughs> so that's how I got to know him. Ah. And we worked there uh, the moment that we met. And I worked for a uh, for a business guy, and um, uh, and he asked us to um, to come over for a short vacation just to stay away a little bit from the, the financial disaster mm-hmm. that we back in the, in our country and worldwide and then he after then he offered us to come over and because he had pretty much work for us to do also for me as an interior architect and I was so happy so we decided just to move with the whole family within so, three months wow and so we moved uh, to uh, Curacao and we stayed there for nine years yeah. so h- how big is Curacao how, how big of an island is it all <laughs> it's very small it's really a small island. It's about a little bit around long, 100 kilometers. And it's like 20, 25 kilometers wide. So, and so culturally, was it very different from being in Holland, in the Netherlands? It's partly Dutch. So yeah. there, there's still a lot of Dutch people who... Yeah. Uh, the same language mm-hmm. but there are also another it's a melting pot of different cultures mm. people from south america north america africa mm-hmm. and the netherlands so it, uh, there are somebody told me there are 40 different cultures all oh, together wow. On one island. wow yeah and it's of course different weather it's i, that, I was going to say yeah. that how different <laughs> yeah did that yeah. take a little while to get used to i'm sorry did that take a little while to get used to? Yeah. The, yeah, the weather? About a year to mm-hmm. get used to the, the extreme higher temperatures and that I still was able to uh, to run and to do my sports. So how did you manage yeah. to do that? How, how did you manage to keep running and doing you know, different... During the morning, actually before sunrise mm-hmm. to get out and to run because then still not that cool, but without the sun, it's doable. Mm-hmm. And when 
sun's burning, it's too hot to uh, to run. Mm -hmm. And um, so early, early in the morning, that was actually that worked the worked the best. Mm -hmm. And sometimes later in the evening, but uh, yeah, the mornings uh, I like that the most. So sometimes I got up like four, four, four thirty, and then go out. Yeah. And so then you came back to the Netherlands after nine mm -hmm. years in the Caribbean, mm -hmm. which just sounds like wonderful <laughs> to be here in my city in winter. Great experience. With young children, it is really something uh, mm -hmm. that I really liked. And actually, I started to run, the, I do triathlons on Curaçao because of the circumstances. Mm -hmm. Sometimes running was too hard that I decided to... Um, started swimming again because I swam in the past when I was a young girl. Mm -hmm. uh, I swam and uh, competed in swimming when I was wow. five years old until 15. So I thought, well, let's go, let's do it again. And so started swimming. And of course, race bike or biking, that's something very common in the Netherlands. If you are young, <laughs> you get a bike and, uh, and I liked it. So we, I kind of combined it and then I started triathlon, doing triathlon on Curacao because of the circumstances of the heat. Yeah. Yeah. And that worked out well because, uh, yeah, I became world champion in my age group on the half Ironman distance. <laughs> so, it was, so did that happen while you were there? The yeah. world champion? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. you were doing so much training there. You must yeah. have been doing quite a bit of traveling as well then. Because I exactly, yeah. they don't, they probably only have one triathlon a year, perhaps on Carousel. on the island, <laughs> on the island. stuff like that but not the, the bigger the longer yeah. distance yeah uh, they have sprints and they had olympic mm -hmm. and then for the other distances we needed to leave the island all by plane so we traveled with our bikes and uh, traveled uh, to miami um puerto rico cartagena panama wow uh, yeah aruba um and the world championships actually were in the first ones were in Austria, so in Europe. Yeah. And the others were in Chattanooga, Tennessee, in America. So you got to do all that traveling as well, even though you're already yeah. living on an island, tropical yeah. island. <laughs> you yeah. got to do all that traveling too with the yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was nice. It was great to do that. And we had a lot of friends who did the same. So we traveled together mm -hmm. and, um, and, I, right. I, well, I, I met Bas, my my current uh, husband, uh, on Curacao as well, and he started to do triathlon as well. So I, from right from the start, we we found each other um, uh, have, loving this sport so much. Uh, he came actually from the the. He is a biker. He's a great, really good biker, and I was already start, already started with running and swimming, so we could help each other a lot. And so then we started to do triathlons together. That's lovely. Yeah. And you still do them together from time to time, I assume. Yes, we do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, it does make me think of uh, something that's come up in a lot of these calls, and that is the relationships, not just romantic relationships, but just relationships that people have developed through the, through running. Um, but for you, I guess it's also through triathlon and, and other sporting endeavours. Yeah, um, and running now. Yeah. Mm. So because running here uh, in the Netherlands is really convenient. It's uh, the circumstances are great. So we do a lot of running. And you find the people that you run with, um, the relationships that you develop with them, because you're always chatting 
and getting to know each other and sharing things. It's a kind of different relationship than say a work relationship or other people that you spend time with um, during your week. There's more, you're more connected. Mm. Not only because you're physically, because you're running, but also mentally because you understand each other and why you like it so much and the feel of it. Mm. Yeah. Actually, all my friends are sports friends. (laughs) Somehow I'm not surprised. (laughs) Yeah. Because you, I guess you have this, um, uh, well, actually, talking through your life, it seems like a, like all your life you've had some kind of sporting endeavour and you've been doing well at it all of the time as well. However, I do know something or a couple of things about your history and that is that it, you haven't always been able to run because you've had an accident um, not that long ago. So yeah. tell us a little bit about that. How did that, I mean, what happened? Because obviously not everybody knows. <laughs> Yeah, um, well, to be honest, it's almost a year ago. Time flies. Yeah, day 11th of June, and it happened last year, 28th of June. We were uh, with a little, well, a small group. We were training for a triathlon, Mm -hmm. and we were on our bikes. And Mm -hmm. after the bike, we did the run. So we we were doing the brick training. Yeah. And um, on the way back, uh, we, because we were training for an Olympic distance, mm-hmm. for the, so that day we we were biking like for almost forty kilometers, and on the way back, I, I was totally on my own. Um, uh, on the other side of the, we were on a bike uh, lane, like a, in a bike lane. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there were two other people coming from the opposite uh, direction, and. They were uh, biking next to each other and they didn't see me. They didn't hear me because I was yelling at them and waving and trying to get their attention because I knew I saw them coming and they were on my side. One of them was on my side of the of the bike lane. And uh, well, it was too short of a time to just that they could do anything. And, and uh, so the only thing that I could do is try to 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 pass them and make a turn and uh, so we should hit each other. And after that, I, uh, I got off the bike lane and back on because of making that turn. And um, I got off my saddle of my bike and, my, and also I couldn't hold my steer. So I was with my elbows on my steer. And that way I tried it to control my bike mm-hmm. together with the speed that you have on a road bike. And um, I couldn't... Uh, reach my brakes and my feet of course were connected to my bike Mm. so i was kind of well there on the bike and with that high speed and my bike just chose the direction and hit the fence on the side of the road Um, and i ended up with my face in the fence and my bike everything in my head and thank god i wore a a helmet Mm. But well, I I always do, but uh, that uh, he was yeah. So I ended up in that fence, and uh, my face was really damaged a lot because it it cut my face because mm. of the the iron that was on the on the in fence. fence. Mm-hmm. And uh, well, I ended up in the hospital with thirty three stitches in my face. Ow! And big bruises all over. But uh, yeah, that was how it went, and I needed to. Sp- uh, stay one night in the hospital and um yeah and from then on you you, you your only thing you want is to focus on heal healing mm. and, uh, and that it 
and and they yeah they put me through a scan by the way because they mm -hmm. didn't know because of everything that they saw if I had broken anything but uh, thank god no <laughs> but uh, anything else was uh, it was bad yeah my head hurt and my oh. this was swollen this big and my shoulder was yeah and my arm yeah it was ouch. yeah really ouch yeah and i was out <laughs> for, mm -hmm. for a while because there was a little a group behind me with bikers and they saw it all happen in front of them Mm -hmm. And so they helped me and they um, took me off the ground and uh, stayed with me uh, until the ambulance arrived. Right. So that was really, really nice. And, and one of my best friends, she was behind me mm -hmm. uh, and she arrived like a minute after the accident happened. Mm -hmm. And she stayed, of course, uh, together with me, but she was so worried about me she started crying when she saw me there yeah it was so sad so i heard her her voice i remember yeah. that she arrived and she was like calling my name marlise is that marlise oh it's marlise oh no it's marlise and then she started crying oh because yeah. you're so banged up i guess you saw all of the yeah. blood and yeah. the bruises it and... Didn't, didn't look good no mm, not I at all sounded <laughs> horrid so so you had to have how long before you started running again from your accident well or officially or the, the <laughs> moment that i decided i was ready to run so again the doctor versus you <laughs> well the doctor said well it's better not to run because of all the stitches and all the bruises that you're having for yeah, at least six weeks mm -hmm. well that's <laughs> feels like 10 years so that was not a good idea i thought uh -huh. so i uh, i remember us going on a little holiday but that was already planned and organized mm -hmm. before the accident happened so we should go to Biarritz that's in the southwest part of France mm -hmm. to do uh go surfing yes and uh well that was actually two weeks after the accident first I thought I shouldn't make it because of my bad situation and that I felt so yeah um <laughs> I didn't feel really good after the accident no. and it was covered with all, I, I looked bad and mm. I had all these, so I thought, well, I can better stay home and not join this vacation. But after two weeks, my body recovered so fast and my bruises disappeared. My actually, it looked already pretty good, not super good, but better, a lot yeah. better. Yes. So then, well, let's go. I, I am going to, going to join you guys. I'm not going to swim. I was not allowed, of course. And the stitches. No surfing at all mm -hmm. because of the impact on my uh, face and on my wounds. And so we arrived there, and it was three weeks after the accident. And uh, uh, and we were going for a nice walk together to get to know the area a little bit. Mm -hmm. And one of the guys, after walking for an hour, took off because there was a little hill, and he was started running. And there were other people around us because we were all sports people started running. And I was like, oh, my gosh, everybody's running. What am I? Why am I still walking? So I decided to, to follow them and started running. And uh, well, that didn't feel really good, no. but I loved it so much. And I was like, OK, I will. Uh, this is the moment I will go and, uh, and start running tomorrow directly for a short distance, just easy going. Mm -hmm. And so I did. So in the third week of after my accident, I started go with I started running again, 
and extended the distance from, I think I started for the first day, six kilometers. And the moment that we left, I was already on over 15 kilometers, I think. Wow. And I so, felt so it was one that was actually the best medicine. So anybody telling you you can't run is like they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> You're not going to listen to them. I know that they're worried and they, I know that they have the best in mind, mm-hmm. best advice. And I, of course, I was on painkillers still and stuff like that. But of course you were. <laughs> just, I just, it's not me. If I don't run, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know who I am. Well, that, and that is really the point that I guess we've been, I've talked about a bit in, in the podcast and that is that identity, like who, who we are. And many of us who have runners, especially we've been runners for a long time. um, It becomes a real problem if for some day, for some reason we can't run. Um, It it can really, really mess with our heads because it's like, if I'm not, if I'm not running, what am I then, you know? Um, So whether we've kind of muted, whether it's, a good idea to perhaps think, um, you know, I'm a person who likes to be fit or I'm a person who uh, chooses to, you know, make healthy choices. I'm a happy person. I'm a positive, you know, so to choose other things that can't be so easily taken away from us as a, as our identity, but maybe they're still attached to, you know, running when you, when you can run just because on those times when you can't, it's just horrific. Like it's just what it does to your minds. Um, because we are so enmeshed in that's who we are. And I guess um, we see that in a lot of sports people if they're in sports where they can only do it until they're, say, in their late 20s or something, and then they're considered old for their sport. Yeah. Um, so they have a, yeah, they have to uh, have a lot of work done yeah. in their in mental health to make sure that, you know, some of them, not everyone, obviously, Um but it there, but that does, is doesn't always uh, turn out well because I know of no. people who were in the sports on a high mm-hmm. level, and then they need to stop or by age or by uh, injuries, mm-hmm. and they really are unhappy. They uh, don't know what to do with their lives because mm-hmm. of that because they miss that anchor that gives you uh, structure, mental, physical health of doing that specific sport. Yeah, and just the who they are, their identity, like that. Which is all tied yeah. around those things. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, yeah. So one of the questions I ask people, and I kind of know your answer already, but not everyone else does. Um, what sort of things do you think about when you're running? doesn't have to be, you know, the actual detail. Lots of people say you don't want to know what I'm thinking about when I'm running. Um, what kind of things do you think about, though, Marlies, when you're running? What a great question. Um, you know, some, most of the time there is nothing that I think about Mm -hmm. because I just, something comes up by itself. So I just leave the the house Mm -hmm. and just enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then I have, my mind is empty. Yeah. That's maybe why I like it so much because then things pop up by themselves when there is room in my head and one of the ways to do that is just go out for running because then mm-hmm. the environment the smell my own heartbeat music everything that i like and i have with me is there and that makes me so happy that i'm not really having 
things that that I'm thinking about, it just pops up like that. And sometimes it doesn't. And some these are things about my work, mm-hmm. the people I coach, I need to find solutions for, or about my family, my friends, myself, my kids. Mm-hmm. It, it's uh, things I really want would like to do, and I don't know how to get organized. And then by then, when I get home, I know how to do, how to, how to get it organized. So it can be anything. So it's a little bit like um, you're putting yourself into a mindful space, if that you know, is the right term yeah. to use. Um, because you're not, you're not expecting anything of that run with, you know, in your thinking processes. You're just going for a run and that in yeah. its simplicity um, and enjoying every moment of it. And then what pops yeah. up is, I guess, in um, other terms, you talk about your subconscious and things perhaps coming to the fore then and, and uh, giving yeah. you answers for things you weren't even asking at that moment because you'd... Yes. Them go. Yeah, mm. totally. Yeah. Mm. And also what I notice is that uh, I sometimes in so- I'm into the zone in a certain mm. flow that I don't even remember if I come home where I was. That I don't... <laughs> How did I cross that street? Do I remember that I watched well enough that I'd crossed the street? Did I see any cars? Was I aware enough? Wow. That's interesting, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it's really something. <laughs> I do that I driving. That's in the <laughs> of course in the, the runs that you just go out without a, a plan or you need you don't have to run on a certain pace or it's just having mm. fun and go out and enjoy. Uh, it's different, of course, when you do your speed work and your interval training, yeah. because then you're on something else, on on your pace, on your and everything. Mm. But it's, not on. It's mostly on the time when I go out, just an easy run. I call it an easy run. Then I uh, I have these moments that I have nothing, just just go out and enjoy. It's just for and the- I run with friends a lot too, so I like yeah. to join and have um, catch up with somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, Instead of drinking coffee on a terrace, I, I I rather choose to run together and have a chat. And then coffee, or you? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, depending on the time that's left. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, do you think that you will run forever? Yes. Yes, good. That's the right answer. Not that there's no right answer. You know? Everybody has a different one to that. So people really think that, you know, running has a finite thing in their life and it will stop it. I don't know, 52. <laughs> no, that's my age. I'm not stopping well, running. The funny thing is I have a good friend that I run with on Wednesday mornings. We do our interval training together mm-hmm. and we met through running, of course. Mm-hmm. When we were running for a race in Sweden, in Norway, we had to go from A to B with a group. I remember, and we traveled by following and then slept in hotels and tents and everything for a whole awesome. week. And she's still a good friend of mine. And um, the funny thing is that we love running so much. So when we talk about age and stuff, mm-hmm. we said, well, later, if we are, real, if we are grandmothers, mm-hmm. then we still run together with that little stroller. That's in uh, People. <laughs> With our running shoes on Aww. in the people home, we don't care. We just keep on running because we Aww. love it so much. That is so <laughs> awesome. Everyone should be like that. I like that. I want one of those Zimmer frames too. <laughs> you can push around <laughs> while you're running with your runners on. Um, so 
before we end up, there's a couple of things I wanted to talk about. But the first thing I wanted to ask you some tips that you would give to someone who's a beginner runner or someone who hasn't run for many years. So what kind of tip to get them started and to keep them going, that kind of consistent thing? That's a great question. Um, to doesn't to don't make too much uh, don't have too much expectations in distance and pace just go out mm-hmm. feel enjoy and see where you end up so don't have any big goals yet mm-hmm. just get the feel of running and focus on on your on your breathing on the joy of it and try to not to think too much about what you have to. Mm-hmm. And somebody tells you, you have to run that pace or you have to just do it. Keep, stay close to yourself and uh, go out, put on these shoes and see how it's, where you end up, mm-hmm. especially in the beginning. Otherwise, if you don't get that specific goal that somebody tells you that you have to reach, uh, you will get disappointed maybe and then you don't like it anymore because it's maybe it's painful or you have to push yourself too much so if you're a beginner just just enjoy the feel of it and it's not always fun when you get up in the morning and you go out for rent sometimes you feel like everything everything is stiff and the weather is sucks or the temperature <laughs> is not good we all have that so it's not only when you're a beginner it's also when you are, are an experienced runner and um, the second one is if you're not able to run in one stretch yet, try to combine it with some walking. Mm. So take it easy and you run. And if it is too, uh, you're too exhausted, it's tough. Why don't you walk for a while and catch your breath again and then start running again? Mm. That way it's something in your mind that it is as a memory that it, it was okay. Try to accept that that that's, that that is okay. Mm, that running and walking can go together. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. If you try to combine it and you come home and you had a good experience, mm-hmm. then the chance that you put on your running shoes again is bigger than when you had a bad experience and you, and you connect it with something that is that say it's exhausting or yeah. painful. Yeah, and then running doesn't have to be like that. No. So, which kind of lends me to the last thing I really wanted to talk about. Now, obviously, as we've already mentioned, you're my coach, um, Mm -hmm. but you're not just my coach, you're a coach to lots of people because Mm -hmm. your business that you run is called the ninemilemarathon.com. So anyone wanting to look for it. Um, Before I forget, Marlies has um, just recently is now giving her decided to give her book away, which was an amazing book, by the way, because it's how I first um, heard about you. Mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. heard, I bought the book, my dear. It's like something <laughs> like um, two years ago, something uh, quite a while ago, um, and it took me, you know, another year to get in touch with Marlise and, and say, please help me. Um, so <laughs> here we are today. Um, what made you? Just uh, I know we don't have a lot more time left, but. What made you decide that the nine miler, I know it's a, it's a really big story. We could have done the whole 45 minutes that we're talking just about that. But mm-hmm. what, what was sort of the, for the two or three things that made you decide to create this wonderful program that you have called the nine mile program? Um, well, thank you for bringing it up and being enthusiastic about my book. It's, uh, 
uh, it started in Curaçao, the tropical island that I uh, talk, we talked about already. Yeah. Um, because I started with triathlon and at the same time I was a running coach there. I had a big group of 55 people. Wow. Thank God they didn't come all at the same time, but uh, like there were 55 <laughs> people in a group. And there were a lot of marathon runners in the group and they asked me to coach and to uh, train them for marathons. And um, I did that the way that I was taught. So with long distance running and stuff like that. Yeah. And find, found out also from the past when I was running marathons and got trained um, that people got exhausted and demotivated and injured and they didn't like it. And they didn't want to run a marathon after their first marathon because it was it, it what took too much time of their private life and family time and work time. So there were so many negative things involved. And when I got in a crisis because of my marriage, um, yeah. my work and everything, I ran out of time and energy and needed to uh, train for a, a, a world championship triathlon that I qualified for that same year. Wow. And then I needed to train less. And I got a reach, I reached a book that, and I read a lot of books uh, about triathlon running and stuff. And the ones that I... Um, uh, got my attention were the ones that explained me that you don't need to train that much to uh, to perform well and together with my own experience because I ran out of time to train well because of the disaster <laughs> and the crisis that I was in with my life yeah. together with the experience I had as a coach to train people then something clicked like like a big <laughs> like a big light bulb <laughs> it was like we are doing something wrong here we should do it different mm -hmm. and from that moment I really dove into it by own experience by reading mm -hmm. writing that we all had it wrong mm -hmm. you don't need to extend these miles don't run slower than your marathon pace don't add these miles every weekend mm -hmm. stuff like that well then more and more came up like nutrition running technique that's really big and i put it all together i always did strength training in my whole life and yeah. moment number one that i'm in in running in sports i do yeah. strength training i combine different sports mm -hmm. as well so not only running but biking mm -hmm. um swimming uh crossfit surfing tennis i did all kinds of things and still perform well mm -hmm. so that made me writing that book and try, of course, first on other people to try them to do you let me uh, train you for a marathon? Please, can we try it and uh, do it a different way? Because I figured out there is a different way. And they said yes. So yeah. we're the first three, four people who went to New York. Mm -hmm. They performed so well with half the amount of miles that they wow. put in for their trainings and half of the time. That's cool. um, so and then I said, well, this is something we really need yeah. to work on something and spread it out in the world and tell everybody that we can do it a different way. So many more people are able to run marathons and enjoy what and they're no, doing. No injuries or just at least reduced injuries yes. as well. Mm. Or do it just by one experience and say, well, it's on my bucket list and now I'm done because yeah. you don't have to. You can just run marathons forever if you exactly. do it the right way. Yes. So that's how it started in with a book in 2015. Yeah. Wow. So it's been it's quite a while and you have, you've got loads of people in your Facebook group, loads of people who are uh, proudly wearing tops, 
pulling themselves nine milers, doing marathons all over the world. Yes. Um, yeah. So, yeah. you know, it, it's awesome. And I feel very blessed that you are speaking to us here on the podcast too, to share that. Um, yeah. So thank okay. you thank so you much. Thank you for having me. It's, it really has been a pleasure. It's a bit for me, I said to Marlies at the start, everyone, that this is a bit like um, interviewing a famous person for me because I've known of Marlies for quite some time. And, um, and now here we are um, having a conversation on the podcast. So um, I feel very lucky. So thank you. Thank um, you so much for your kind words and being part of the community, of the Nymar community. It is a pleasure and I'm loving every moment of it. So for everyone who's listening to this, if you didn't catch it before, I'll put the link anyway where, where you're listening to this podcast over on the website. But it's um, the nine with a nine mile marathon.com. Uh, you'll yes. find the free book there. Uh, and it's well worth having a read and learning a little bit from Marlies because I'm learning a lot and enjoying every moment of it. So, uh, thank you. Yeah. Thanks Good to hear Thank you for listening to the Fit Mind Fit Body podcast. For a bunch of resources to help you get and stay fit, head over to the website fitmindfitbody.co and I'll see you there. I'll also be back here once a week. Bye.